Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Today we're going to talk about something that all of us try to do and some of us fail to do the way we should, and that's prayer. So we're going to take the whole half hour and talk about prayer with Pastor Brock and have him give his views of what's right, what's wrong, and answer some questions that people seem to have about prayer. So, Pastor Brock, let's start off with, should we pray to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Or do we pray to all of them? Uh-huh. And just for people that are new to Christian faith, maybe, Christians believe in one God in three eternal persons. God the Father who made us, God the Son who died for us, God the Holy Spirit who lives inside of believers. So when, and there, it's just one God, but there are three distinct persons in what's called the Godhead. So when I pray, should I pray to the Father, or should I pray to Jesus, or should I pray to the Holy Spirit? I'll give you the norm in the New Testament most prayers are said to the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, can you pray directly to Jesus? Yes, you can. There are instances of that in the New Testament. Uh, can you pray to the Holy Spirit? I personally think you can. There's nothing in the Bible that says you can't, but I couldn't find one clear verse where somebody does pray to the Holy Spirit. But because he is God, I mean, what my pastor said when I was 13 and somebody asked him, he said, when you talk to one, they all hear. They're one God. So, uh, I, so again, I, the nor I, I pray directly to Jesus. I pray to the Holy Spirit. I normally pray to God the Father, and then I close my prayer in Jesus' name. I was going to ask you about in Jesus' name because that's gotten to be the norm that a lot of people mm -hmm. pray in is to yeah. say in Jesus' name at yeah. the end. So. I guess I can't ask you, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Well, you know, Jackie, I just, I virtually never just say amen. I always say, in Jesus' name, amen, because Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. What verse is that? Uh, that's in John, and I'd have to look it up. Okay. <laughs> it might be John 15 uh, or 16. But um, the, the question is, what does it mean? When I pray in Jesus' name, here's what I mean. God, I pray this not because I deserve it, but because of Christ and what he did for me on the cross. In Jesus' name, because of him, Lord, not because of me, please answer this. Okay. In That's, his, it's I like in his, that. Yeah. Okay. So, Pastor Brock, can you pray about insignificant things like, say, I can't find my car keys any place in the house. Is it yeah. wrong to say, Lord, where did I put them? <laughs> or show me yeah. where I yeah. put them? Jackie, I pray for little stupid stuff all the time. I pray for a parking space, <laughs> and I get them. You know, now, is it wrong? You know, God doesn't want to be bothered by little things. The Bible never says that. In fact, the Bible says God has the hairs of our head all numbered, and a bird does not fall to the ground apart from our Father. So I don't think anything's wrong with, with praying about little things. It's not like you're bothering God. He's infinite. He can do 50 gazillion things at the same time, you know. I also think that it's very true that if 
I keep God in mind when things are going wrong and say, this, I know this is just a little thing, but I need help to Amen. get through it. Amen. I, it only makes it easier to pray when the things really get tough that yes. you need to have. Indeed, it's a habit. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. So a person's married, they have kids, getting alone is almost impossible. And you have said before that you should get alone with God mm -hmm. and pray. Mm -hmm. How do you find the time and a place to pray? Is there any suggestions yeah. well, in you a know, busy life? You know, especially I know if you have a spouse and children, it can be a chore. Still make it a priority. Still do it. Because you're hurting your kids and your spouse if you don't have prayer time. You become harder to live with. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I used this in a prior show that maybe somebody saw, but I make pottery as a hobby. And if I take a bowl out of the kiln and I slide it across the table, I'll scratch the table up unless I take my grinder and I grind the bottom first, make it smooth, and then uh, it won't damage anything. Prayer grinds our imperfections away. And if I just launch into the day without prayer, without acknowledging God, I can be harder to live with. So for the sake of your wife or, or husband and children, get time alone. Now, how do you do that? I think you've got to fight to do it because the devil doesn't want you to pray. And I heard a, a quote once, Jackie, when it comes to prayer, Satan will always find you something else to do if only adjusting a window shade. And boy, have I experienced that. I, I like to pray on my knees in the morning, but it's like, well, you've you got to get up and do this or you'll forget. And no, no, you just, you know, maybe, maybe have a notepad. I'm going to write it down and I'm staying on my knees, you know. Sometimes it helps just to get in the car and take a long drive, keep the radio off and pray all the way to work. That's one way to get prayer. Or take a walk. You know, honey, would you watch the kids for a while? I just needed to go walk and talk with the Lord. But you have to fight to do it, but you have to do it. You know, I probably have listened to KTIS radio more this winter in the long commutes through the snow and the things that have kept us mm -hmm. and had more time in the car than I normally do, <laughs> where it's a song comes on and makes me think of something that I want to thank God for Amen. having done, or somebody comes on and talks about something that happened yeah. in their life, and I think, Gosh, that happened to mine, and I never came out and said anything. Yeah, so, Christian, so Christian radio is a great thing. Yep, it is. So, Pastor Brock, do you have an actual prayer routine then? You know, I do. And you've heard me say this a hundred times, but old Maynard Force, uh, who was a, a, a dear Lutheran pastor who died many years ago, told me when I was young as a pastor, Tom, you need an hour alone with the Lord every day or you'll burn out. And he said, during that hour, you can pray, you can read the Bible. Sometimes I take out my guitar and I sing to the Lord. Sometimes I journal, Dear Father in Heaven, and then I write out my feelings to the Lord and I sign it, Your Son, Tom. But, and, and Jackie, I'll admit, many days I don't make a full hour, but many days I do. And I just feel, I, one, I heard one professor say, I find when I make time for the Lord in the morning, I have more time later in the day. And I think that happens. So. It, it, I, I like, for me, it's in the morning. People who are more night people, you do it at night. But try to have a good chunk of time every day when you're praying, you're reading your Bible, and you're alone with the Lord. Okay. Paul says that we should pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Explain that. Is that really possible? Well, or Yeah, some versions say pray constantly. Other versions are pray without ceasing. I think what Paul meant is pray without ceasing. I mean, Jackie, I couldn't get up and preach a sermon and pray every second. I mean, it's not possible, but I can pray without ceasing. I, and what Paul means by that, never stop praying. Some people get mad at God and they don't talk for three weeks to God. Don't do that. Pray without ceasing. In other words, pray all the time. Okay. 
I'm going to kind of go off of the prayer thing just a little bit, mm -hmm. but let's talk about Martha and Mary. Yeah. Martha was always busy serving Jesus. In the kitchen. And Mary was listening at Jesus' feet. Yeah. Don't we need both Martha's and Mary's in the church yeah. today? If you read that story, uh, Jesus rebukes Martha. Because Martha comes out of the kitchen. Jesus, make her get up and help me in the kitchen. Jesus says, Mary, uh, Martha, you're worried about many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. It will not be taken away from her. And now and then, uh, no offense, you hear a pastor who's not, I don't want to say not bright, but not following that. And he'll, well, you know, we need Marthas in the, in the church, busy women who are doing the Lord's will. And we need Marys in the church, women who are sitting at Jesus' feet. That's not what the point of that story is. The point of that story is we're all supposed to be Martha. We're all supposed to be at Jesus' feet. Don't try to get busy serving the Lord. Mary. Oh, excuse me. We're all supposed to be Mary. And don't try to be busy serving the Lord if you haven't first sat at his feet because you might be busy doing something he never told you to do. So the point of the Mary-Martha story is everybody is to be Mary at Jesus' feet. Okay. People say that they've been praying for a certain thing for a long, long time mm -hmm. and nothing has happened. They haven't had an answer from God or that at least they think they haven't. Yeah. Is there a time that you stop praying for something, Pastor Brock? I think there is. Now, uh, a couple things. Well, God has never answered my prayer. Yeah, he has. He told you no. That happens a lot of times. Okay. So sometimes we've got to accept the word no from God. But what if you don't, you don't get a no and, and you've been praying for this one thing? Well, now sometimes God will reveal to you don't pray about that anymore. And I'm thinking of Paul's thorn in the flesh, where Paul says he has this thing that he doesn't like, whatever it was, we're not sure. Three times I asked the Lord to take this thing away, and God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And my grace, my, my grace is made powerful through weakness, my strength. And, and, and so Paul basically stopped praying for the thing to go away because he knew God was using this to make him strong. So sometimes God can reveal to you, sorry, that's going to stay, you know. Okay, well, saying no is, I guess I never thought about it, that God is saying no in a yeah. different way to mm -hmm. us when we don't get the answer we want. Yeah. God That's the whole problem. God answers every one of our prayers. Sometimes he says no. That's an answer. Okay. What if a person doesn't pray much? Does that mean they're not a Christian? Mm, you know, I don't, my opinion is you can't be a Christian and never pray. It's just not, I, I mean, Jack, Jackie, I remember a, a young wo a woman telling me, and these, her parents attended the church, and she said, I have never in my life seen my mom or dad pray. They were regular church attenders, and she had never seen them pray. That doesn't mean they didn't pray, but can you be a Christian and never pray? I don't think that's possible. I mean, now, now, you certainly can be a Christian and not pray as much as you ought, that's for sure. But if you have a real relationship with God, you talk to him. <laughs> and I think, I, I, I'm, when I hear that somebody never prays, I'm concerned about that person. Do they really know Christ? Even if they go to church every Sunday, do they really know Christ? Okay, Pastor Brock, what should a person pray for? Are, I, I mean, mm -hmm. some people yeah. would be on their knees or... Yep. 24-7. Well, let me, if you go to pastorstudy.org, we have a whole show called What Should I Pray For? 
and you push that button at pastorstudy.org, you can watch that whole half an hour teaching. But let me just sum it up. Some people like the word A-C-T-S, acts. First you A, adore. You spend some time praising God. Just, oh, we love you for you are. You're a merciful God. You're long-suffering. You adore him. And then C means confess. And I spend some time confessing my sins to God. And then T means thank. You remember to thank him for all the good things he's done. And then S stands for supplicate or ask for. And then you ask for things for others, for yourself, and, and you ask for things. So adore, confess, thank, supplicate. All right, but your question is, what do we, what do we supplicate for? What do we ask God? And again, I'm just doing it off the top of my head. Go to pastorstudy.org, push the button. What should we pray for? Here's a few of them. Paul prays for the lost. Do you have a, a, a son or a daughter or an uncle that's not saved? Pray that he comes to Christ. Paul tells us to pray for the government. Pray for the president. Pray for the Supreme Court. Pray for those in authority. We're also supposed to pray for the persecuted, for Christians that are suffering right now in North Korea, in Saudi Arabia, people in prison for their faith in Indonesia, Pakistan. Pray for the suffering Christians. Pray, and then pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray for your daily bread. Pray that you forgive others. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is great to pray regularly as well. So those are just some of the things. Is praise the part of prayer? It is. Praise is not asking God for something. It's just praising him for who he is and his, his, his nature and his, his, his blessings. Because when you gave the A-C-T-S... Well, I, thank. thank I, 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 is yeah. the same as praise, right. you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Have you got any ideas? Or adore is the same as thank. Adore. Okay, yeah, that, that's probably better. Yeah. Any ideas on how a person can have a more interesting prayer life? Yeah. You know, you've given steps to prayer, but... Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, a couple things come to my mind, Jackie. I was raised Lutheran, and in my family... Before you, before you uh, had the meal, mm, come on, Jesus, be our guest, let these guests to us. It was like a nursery rhyme. I grew up with, now I lay me down to sleep. I grew up with that, too. too. I agree. I agree. Here, here's and I have wonderful Christian parents. Yes, but yes. And, Jackie, here's what happened to me. Up through sixth grade, I can tell you my prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord, my son of God, bless mama, not Rabbi Brock, Rabbi Loski, Mark and me, whatever. And I pray the same thing every night. And then somewhere around my teenage years, I started talking to God, God off and on in my head all day long. That's the way I am now. So, you know, have your set prayer time. That's good. But I'm talking to God all day long. If I, if I sin, I don't wait eight hours to talk to God about it. I get it off my conscience now. <laughs> so it's good to pray on and off all day. But, you know, God bless my mom. You know, one word a parent says to a kid can change his life. And, Jackie, I have a clear memory of this. I was six years old, and I couldn't sleep. I go out into the living room, and Mom and Dad are watching TV, and, Mom and Dad, I can't sleep. And I said, I'm thinking about Bugs Bunny and, and Daffy Duck and these things, but I can't sleep. And Mom said, just think about Jesus, and you'll go to sleep. I was six years old. All that I knew were two songs I'd learned in Sunday school, Jesus Loves the Little Children, and... Jesus loves me, this I know. I sang those over and over in my head till I went to sleep that night. I did that all the way through about sixth grade. Every night I'd go, I'd go singing those two songs. I think that did something to me. It, it ingrained Christ in me. So, you know, there's so much parents can do to help their kids pray. I would encourage parents at the dinner table, chuck Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. And just say every, every uh, night, kids, before we have dinner, we're just going to pray. What do you need prayer for today? And then have real prayers off your heart. 
you know, I also would like to take that one step further. If you're a grandparent, don't lose the opportunity mm -hmm. of praying with your grandchildren. Yes. Because some of my fondest memories are my grandparents, Amen. my dad's mom and dad. And being there, my, they were fantastic Christians. And my grandmother would pray about the stove, the pan boiling over, you know. What did I, you know. Mm -hmm. And my grandpa had chickens and took care of flowers and always used it as a lesson when I trot around with him that yeah. God, you know, is providing yeah. us with food or look at the beautiful flowers on my gladiolas. Right. You know, and, and so and Jackie, a lot of parents don't pray with their kids. So grandma, grandpa, step on in. Right. <laughs> That's true. Um what do you say to the person I I'm not comfortable a lot of the time praying being the person praying in a group mm -hmm. out loud in that. Mm -hmm. I get nervous mm -hmm. in front of others. So just how important is group prayer? I think it's important and I think we need to get over our nerves. I think for all of us when we start praying in public for the first few times it's nervous. But do it anyway. Uh, I, I, we're, you know, group prayer, Jack, we are Christ as Christians to pray alone but in the New Testament, boy, the early church prayed together in groups. So I think we need to get over our nerves and, and pray. And I, I, can I tell a, the, the Helen story? Do you remember the Helen story? Mm -hmm. All right, I want to tell that story because it's one of my favorite stories. But we had a woman at, 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 our, at Hope Lutheran Church. Her name was Helen. She was an elderly woman. She was an organist. Helen's father was a Lutheran pastor. Helen's husband was a Lutheran pastor. I think two of her sons were Lutheran pastors. Helen was very Lutheran. And she very much liked the high church liturgy. She didn't have a whole lot of time for the contemporary worship service or for, let's call it the charismatic movement, the more emotional things, you know. The reason I believe this story, Jackie, is because it happened to Helen. And here's the story. At Hope Lutheran Church, for I think 30 years, we had something called the Saturday morning men's prayer breakfast. And the men would come up and, and kneel at the altar for maybe half an hour and pray while Helen was up in the choir loft at the organ playing the organ softly while we prayed. And then we'd all go downstairs for donuts after the prayer time. One Saturday morning I came out early and knelt by myself. And then the men came out and then we prayed and we all go downstairs. Helen says to me at Donuts, Tom, who was the man with the long robe who knelt next to you when you came out by yourself? I said, Helen, there was nobody in a long robe up there. Well, yeah, is there, is there some play at church tomorrow? Somebody wearing a costume? Who was the man with the long white robe? I said, Helen, there was nobody with a long white robe up there. And she kept insisting. And finally I said, I don't know, Helen, Maybe it was an angel. And she said, no, this was real. <laughs> and, and, you know, she, uh, I, maybe a week later, she comes back to me and she says, I don't think it was an angel. I think it was the Lord because he had long hair in the back. But I tell that story because where does Jesus show up in the church? At the prayer meeting. And I just preached at a, a church in Wisconsin this weekend and I said to them, I urge you, if you don't have this, have one time a week when you have a prayer meeting at your church. Even if only three people show up, make sure there's a time in your church every week 
when you just come together to pray and to worship because that's when Jesus shows up. Okay, you've raised the question now then. Are you saying that God speaks to us when we pray? I think he does, Jackie. Now, you've got to try to discern, is that me or is that the Lord? But, and, and it doesn't happen very of, often. But I'm, I often will do, Lord, Lord, is there anything, and in my prayer time I'll stop and say, Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? And to be real honest, normally I don't get anything. But now and then somebody's face might come to my mind and I'll pray for them. Or often, I think this happened last night, I'll have a dream about somebody. And I'll just use that as a reminder to pray for that person. So I think the, overwhelmingly the way God per, talks to us is when we read the Bible. But I think sometimes he, he brings someone to our mind. Okay. In fact, can I tell you one more story? Sure. <laughs> um, some t she died, I think, a, maybe a few years ago, and I'm not sure. Remember Whitney Houston who died? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know why. But one day, I just thought, pray for Whitney Houston. So I did, didn't think much about it. Next day, she was dead. So, you know, I just think sometimes God brings us, without us even knowing what we're doing, brings people to our mind to pray for them. Okay, well, I guess that's speaking yeah. to you, if that's mm -hmm. the case. Um, is speaking in tongues a kind of prayer? I think it is. Paul says, if you're going to speak in tongues in public, make sure there's somebody there to interpret what you said in a tongue to the whole church. So sometimes you go to a church and somebody will speak in a language nobody knows, but another person has the gift of interpretation and tells everybody what the Lord has said. But Paul says if there's not an interpreter, you know, just pray by yourself alone in the tongue. And so, Jackie, um, some people who have the gift of tongues, I mean, I, I do. I pray in English when I talk to the Lord, but now and then I'm not sure what to pray for, or I'll just say, Lord, whatever needs to be said, may it be said, and then I will just speak in this language, and I don't know what I'm saying, and it's not spooky, it's not weird. I can start it and stop it. I don't have something come upon me. You know, it's just kind of real normal. I don't know what I'm saying, but it's, it's, it's the, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, the Bible says, whether you have tongues or not, it does. Oh, not, every, not everybody does that. No. I, some churches teach every Christian will speak in tongues if you only will. Paul says the opposite. Not all speak in tongues, do they? And the answer to that is no. We all have different gifts. Okay. So is it best to pray on your knees? I mean, you hear people say, get down on your knees yeah. and pray. Did you grow up praying on your knees? At night? See, I didn't. In front of the bed? Yeah. Kneel down by the bed yeah. and say a prayer. Well, we, but then as I got older yeah. and mom would come in, We'd get into bed and then we'd okay. pray together. Okay. Well, I didn't grow up. I grew. I grew up. My. Uh, I grew up learning to pray, and my mom taught us kids how to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I yeah. didn't see people praying on their knees until I got to college, and some of my college friends were praying on their knees, and I loved to pray on my knees. Uh, Jesus prayed on his knees in the garden. Now nothing's wrong with laying on your bed and praying on your back. That's not a sin, but for me. I like to get on my knees next to my bed. It concentrates me when I'm praying on my knees. So I would encourage you, if you've never done it, it's a, good, it's a great way to, to have fervent prayers, I think. We've kind of hit on this next question, but I think maybe we should expand on it because we were talking about parents and you and I praying what we prayed and mm -hmm. everything as children. How should you teach a child to pray? Mm -hmm. I mean, not the come Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah. In. I, 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 nothing's wrong with teaching them now I lay me down to sleep. 
I personally wouldn't, but nothing's wrong with it. I think it's right to teach them the Lord's Prayer. There's a prayer to pray a lot over and over again. But then I would just teach, Jimmy, uh, is there anything you need to pray about tonight? Well, yeah, I've got a, my, my finger hurts or whatever. Well, let's pray to the Lord. And just instead of rote prayers, just pray to the Lord like he's talk, you're talking to your loving Heavenly Father, like you're having a conversation. That's the way I would teach kids to pray. So, Pastor Brock, if a person is sinning and then prays, mm -hmm. is God going to hear that prayer? Uh, Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard sin in my heart, the Lord does not hear. Wow. Now, of course, he hears everything. He hears a little bird singing in the woods. So he technically hears, but he doesn't hear in the sense of answering. So, Jackie, if I regard sin in my heart, I'm living in sin, I'm not repenting, God doesn't hear my prayer. That's what it says. So we need to repent. That's one reason we confess our sins when we pray, so that God will hear our prayer. Okay. Some people, or some people teach that if you trust in God, he's always going to heal you. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Jackie. Uh, I mean, I guess we're talking ultimate healing? Well, he, he, here, here's, there's two answers to that. Yes, God always heals you. Sometimes you get the ultimate healing. It's called heaven, and you die, and you go to heaven. I get grieved when I see certain preachers on TV that teach, God wants you to be prosperous, and if you believe God, you're going to get that nice house, you're going to get a better car, you're going to be healed of your cancer. God doesn't want anybody sick. It's always God's will to heal you. My response is, Paul writes, Timothy, Take a little wine for the sake of your frequent stomach ailments. He doesn't say, Timothy, name it and claim it. He doesn't say, where yours are faith. He says, take your medicine. It says in the Old Testament, now when Elisha became sick of the illness of which he was to die. Jackie, nothing was wrong with Elisha's faith. Elisha raised people from the dead, but he died of an illness. So, you know, I, I believe in healing. I believe God and we, you know, uh, 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 churches that have healing services where you can come up afterwards and get anointing with oil according to James chapter 5, I believe in all that. But to say God has to heal everybody, well, then nobody would ever die and go to heaven. <laughs> well, you touched on praying for prosperity. Is that wrong? I, I think give us this day our daily bread is a prayer that God give me what I need. God will always give us what we need. He won't always give us what we want, and that's good. That was my next question yeah. is, can I ask God for anything I want? Uh, you know, I think I, I ask it's God for I pretty mean. much whatever I want, but I always say, but Lord, thy will be done. And if you see that, I mean, remember Billy Graham's wife? She said, I, have, I, I thank God he does not answer all my prayers. If he did, I would have married the wrong man Thanks five times. <laughs> I, I love that comment, too, and it was also from the Graham family about the dog, too, in heaven. What's that? I don't about know. If, that's what would make you happy in You'll heaven. You'll get it. The dog would be there in heaven. And I always think that that was such a great line to say to yeah. your son at yeah. that point. Well, we want to thank you for being with us this week. Um, we hope this little session about praying has helped you out, and we just pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? 
you may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.